and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 66th episode of the podcast for the week of August 19th, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back natal chart analyst and our resident super Capricorn, Verge the Astrologer, who will join me in a discussion on Virgo season 2019. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access to the podcast for as little as $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. I also have a tip jar on my webpage if you'd like to make a one-time donation. To find that, you can go to energeticprinciples.com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week continuing along in her waning cycle as she moves through the fire starter sign of Aries and into the stable earth of Taurus late Tuesday night. She will hang out in this grounded space midweek until she skips her way into communicative genitalia Gemini on Thursday and where she will immediately make her last quarter moon square. She speeds things up in this space for most of the weekend until moving into her domicile of cozy cancer midday on Sunday. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe at about eight hours or if you are in Australia or the East at about 17 hours or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. All right, my friends. Well, this week we have uh, some things going on in the sky per usual, but we have Mercury making its trine to Jupiter. We have Venus and the sun ingressing into Virgo, and we also have Venus meeting Mars in a conjunction in early degrees of Virgo, which is actually going to line her up to trine Uranus at the beginning of next week. We also have a last quarter moon in Gemini. And so, you know, the mind is activated and communications and connections are being made. So let us waste no time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Aries, and she will trine Mercury, square Saturn, and then trine Jupiter. So the bottom line for Monday is, is that the week starts with a blaze as a grand fire trine between the moon, Mercury, and Jupiter perfects in the skies and enthusiasm and inspiration is in the air. Yet with both of these aspects bookending a square to Saturn, there may be some obstacles or blockages or even fears that arise as life pushes us forward. 
So if any depressing scenarios get the best of you, that follow-up trying to Jupiter will help bring the passion back in so that we can make progress towards new beginnings because the Aries moon is all about instigating the new. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is still in Aries and will make a square to Pluto, a trine to the sun, and then a trine to Venus. Now, the bottom line for Tuesday is that here we have another day in the initiatory flames of Aries, and there may have been some intense dreams as Luna squared Pluto while we slept here in North America. So if you wake up Tuesday and you're like, ooh, (laughs) you know, there's just some Pluto action while you slept. Yet once the day gets going, I think we will be feeling fired up and humming along harmoniously as Luna trines into both the Sun and Venus, bringing a sweet flowing awareness of inner passion with it. There may be a test or two around our heart's desires as Venus sits at the final degree of Leo, so take the time to connect with the spirit of the self on Tuesday. Now, on Wednesday, the moon is in Taurus now, and will make a very early morning trine to Mars, and then a conjunction to Uranus. And so we have two things that are happening on Wednesday. We have Venus ingressing into Virgo, and we also have Mercury making a trine to Jupiter. So let us talk about that Venus uh, ingress into Virgo first, which will happen at 2.07 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, So we will wake up, basically, and she will be in the this sign. So our gal Venus is moving out of the fixed fires of Leo and strolling her way into the mutable earth of Virgo. She is more than ready for a makeover as she has just connected and opened to her heart while in Leo. And now in the discerning energy of the Virgin, the sign of her fall, she will go on to open to the changes necessary to make those desires a reality. This is a Venus who knows what she wants in excruciating detail, and if her expectations don't completely dash her spirit, she may find that the purifying energy sets her up to be in perfect placement for when Venus returns to her strength and power in Libra in a few weeks' time. So let's clean house within our relations, creative projects, and value systems. You best get your broom ready, because Venus will be in Virgo through September 13th. All right, so now, so not only Ver- uh, Venus is moving into another sign, we have Mercury trining Jupiter from Leo. So we have Mercury and Leo trining Jupiter in Sagittarius. Now, once again, Mercury, Mercury. this is about communications. This is about news coming in. This is where our intellect and our perception is picking up on something, and we have new information that we're learning. And of course, trines, you know, there's no obstacles. Everything is flowing, and all boundaries are removed. And so where is Mercury flowing? Well, this fire flow is basically going right to Jupiter, who is all about expansion, growth, and movement. Um, So here we are coming off of last Friday's Mercury-Uranus square, uh, and we now have the messenger sending its fiery flow from the lion's den to Jupiter in Sagittarius. And our perceptions can now harmonize with our spiritual truth. You can bet this will be a week of communication as the mercurial function joins forces with the expansion principle of Jupiter, and there's likely to be a bit of drama and excitement in the air, because we are talking about Mercury and Leo and fire signs. 
So we intellectually know where we desire to move forward and what the heart is communicating. And with the upcoming Gemini last quarter moon cycle, we will be able to put those thoughts and communications into motion. I'm hoping that this configuration will bring some luck our way, you know, because Jupiter does have that little lucky streak. Yet sometimes luck can be disguised in the release of something first in order to find the good fortune down the road. And so Jupiter will move us along no matter what. And this week, with Mercury being the last planet other than, uh, you know, the moon or Luna to form a trine with Jupiter in his home sign before he moves into Capricorn in December, you can bet our stories will have shifts and adaptations at play. So stay flexible and get creative. So the bottom line for Wednesday is is that energy has a stable flow to it, yet with a bit of reconfiguration as Luna makes her monthly conjunction to Uranus and Taurus. And we are ready to free up some emotional density within our real-life realities. And with Venus shifting signs and Mercury trining Jupiter, there is movement and adjustments being made. We can make arrangements to ground the enthusiasm and high energy of the days prior in a practical way as we root down in reality everything we've just learned. Now, on Thursday, the moon is still in Taurus, uh, and she'll make a very early morning trying to Saturn, a square to Mercury, a sextile to Neptune, and then a trine to Pluto. And so the bottom line for Thursday is is that last quarter is beginning to brew and the Mercury-Jupiter trine is stimulated as Luna creates friction with Mercury in the skies. So communications, news, or internal dialogues may come in that disrupt the status quo. Yet if we are in a stable space, this can be a creative connection that can help bring self-expression into the real world. Energy may be a little lower with the moon in the sign of the bull and in a sextile to Neptune, so slow and steady wins the race on Thursday. Profound shifts are taking place in our in our within and our without, so emotionally flow with and then root down the changes that are taking place. Now, on Friday, we have our last quarter moon in Gemini. And of course, Luna will square the sun, which is our last quarter, and then square Venus and Mars. So not only do we have the last quarter moon at the very beginning of Gemini, we also have the sun ingressing into Virgo. So let us start there. So the sun will move into Virgo at 3.02 a.m. Pacific time here. Uh, And you know, the time is here, folks. We are going to bid adieu to our fiery middle of the summer Leo season and ingress into the transitionary space of earthy Virgo. And I have a feeling that this will be one heck of a shift as this year's Virgo season guarantees a lot of movement on the physical plane, paired with some event-inducing growth spurts and occasional moments of spiritual intervention and or revelation. And we know Virgo is all about the details and purifying physical energies that have run their course or have become dead weight. And this year we will have all we need to clean house, literally and figuratively speaking. This is a time of solutions and earthly reconfiguration. So let's use this energy to work smarter, not harder. Now, Verge and I are going to talk in great detail about Virgo season later on in the program, so I'll definitely leave the rest of my musings for that segment, so stay tuned. But the sun will be in Virgo through September 22nd. 
Now, with that last quarter moon in Gemini, it'll happen at zero degrees and 12 minutes of Gemini. So, I mean, it just barely made it in there. And it will take place at 7.56 a.m. Pacific time. So with the last quarter moon energy sneaking into the first start, uh, you know, the very start of chatty Gemini, you can bet these few days of the moon in this sign will bring a lot of communication our way. And being last quarter and a point of emotional friction, we may find ourselves stimulated and excited by what news comes in or what we want to share with others. Or we may feel a bit of anxiety around these communications that need to take place. Perhaps we have to get some dialogue going in order to bring something to the finish line, or we need to find a solution to a problem that can only come from a magician's touch. Luckily, Mercury is the man to do the job, and hopefully the trine to Jupiter from just two days prior will help that magic along. And that same magic is fueling our Venus-Mars conjunction, which is taking place tomorrow. So I have a feeling this won't be any, you know, old last quarter moon in the skies. It'll be a little on the special side. So the bottom line for Friday is is that shifting energies continue on Friday as a last quarter moon makes squares with the Sun, Venus, and Mars, stimulating the conjunction that is perfecting in the skies tomorrow morning. And with the Sun also getting Situated into its Virgo season energy, this day may feel like a bit of an in-between space with a hint of anxiety at play as a variety of stimuluses tug at our attention. And if you feel a bit restless, an evening stroll or a gentle yoga practice may help ground yourself back into the body. Now, on Saturday, the moon is still in Gemini and will make an opposition to Jupiter, a square to Neptune, and then a sextile to Mercury. And so, uh, like I said earlier, we have our Venus-Mars conjunction taking place on Saturday. And so here we have Venus uh, making, she just made a sun conjunction uh, not too long ago, the previous week, and so now she's going to make a new cycle with Mars as well. So just a reminder, Venus is our relationship principle, uh, what we open up to and draw in, what we attract in, what we're attracted to, uh, how we balance and harmonize our lives, and you know what it is that we value. Now, like I said earlier, conjunctions are new cycles. These are energies that are merging and becoming one so that it can fuse the two planets together to start something new. So what is Venus fusing with? Well, she's fusing with Mars, which is all about action and drive and motivation uh, and assertion and, and, you know, moving things forward. And so here we have the feminine principle meeting up with its natural masculine opposite in a sign that is a bit foreign to both of these planets, yet is likely to create some interesting results. I like to look at Venus-Mars conjunctions as a creative potency point where we get to fuse our desire energy with our action energy into a new cycle of creation. And here in Virgo, we are looking at earthly manifestations where we work on the bits and pieces, purifying our outer reality through discernment and dedication, while also cutting the wheat from the chaffs in our lives. Working with what we have, reconfiguring it, and maintaining the workable parts for this next cycle will be of use, for this is likely the energetic beginning where we can bring a larger project towards completion. Relationships may go through a weeding process as well, as Venus is initiated into revised values for herself, and so there may be adaptation or flexibility that is needed there. 
Both Venus and Mars are on course to receive Uranus trines, Jupiter squares, and Neptune oppositions. So consider that this Virgo party is just getting started. So the bottom line for Saturday is is that a day of networking and communications is likely to take place as Luna continues her cruise through chatty Gemini and we are ready to air some things out. Now, our intellect and emotions confuse in a big-picture way, as the opposition to Jupiter helps us to see the parts and the whole simultaneously. The square to Neptune may lower our energies and put a spiritual bent on the day, but with that sextile to Mercury, we'll still desire connection and mental stimulation with others. Now, last but not least, we have Sunday, where the moon is in Gemini, but she will move into Cancer around mid-afternoon here on the Pacific Coast. And along the way, she's going to sextile the sun and sextile Mars. Now, we also have Venus making a trine to Uranus, who is now retrograde in the skies, and she's going to be doing that early uh, Monday morning. So I thought I'd just tap into that a little bit, because we're going to be feeling that energy at play, especially since we have the Venus-Mars conjunction uh, during this weekend. So, you know, once again, we have that relating and attraction and harmonious principle uh, in a trine, you know, because trines, there's no obstacles, it's just flowing energy. And so Venus is trining with Uranus, which is all about, you know, kind of a turnaround and awakening some things and shaking some things up uh, and maybe, you know, helping fix or find solutions. And so um, this is perfecting on Monday morning, but just so we know ahead of time, basically Venus is feeling the electricity of Uranus, yet in a grounded way, as our goddess of love opens her arms to shaking up our physical realities in the name of our purest desires. And Venus is here, uh, you know, she's ready for change. She's ready for solutions and may need a little space in a place of peace and quiet in order to flow with her creative energies. So free yourself from any physical possessions or duties that may be weighing you down or find the beauty in the design of simplicity so you may cleanse your value consciousness going forward with what truly matters most and brings purpose to your life. She kicks off the Uranus trine train, so consider this an entry point towards the renovation of our foundations. So the bottom line for Sunday is here we have a two-part day where we are still in the busy energy of the Gemini moon before Luna moves into her home sign of the crab midday on the Pacific coast. So tackle any errands in the first part of the day if you have some to run. Now, the evening re-stimulates the Venus-Mars conjunction with harmonious connections and a cozy night in our comfortable abodes with those we love and a tasty meal can be just what the doctor ordered. So, all right, let's wrap it all up here. You know, life continues to move along this week as our big pictures continue to clarify and inspire us to make some real-world adjustments in order to accommodate spiritual inspiration. There is creative energy at play in the physical world, so follow your truth forward and make some magic. All right, so now let's take a look at the cards to see what they have to say this week. Well, I drew the Nine of Cups as the focus and the Ten of Wands as the grounding. Now, with the Nine of Cups as a focus, this week looks to have a bit of a right place, right time sort of energy to it that brings a level of comfort and emotional satisfaction our way. Things will be humming along emotionally, and we will be more in tune with what brings contentment to our lives. 
Now, if you find that you are not on the receiving end of such harmony and encounter dissatisfaction instead, it may be time to look inward and reconnect with your personal needs and inner wishes so that the universe is receiving a clear emotional signal from you about what it is that you truly want. Now, with the Ten of Wands as the grounding, I think that some things will be coming together this week to help get us to the finish line with our goals and projects. Yet sometimes when we reach that accomplishment, we will have the burden of responsibility to continue that level of success. So paired with our nine here, we may feel quite satisfied with our achievements, or we could feel like we are dissatisfied because there's a lot of work, responsibility, or burden on our plates that feels overwhelming. So if you do find yourself in that position, it may be time to consider how you can lighten your load a bit. So last, but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the hummingbird. Our sweet little fluttering friend is here to tell us to lighten up this week and don't take everything so seriously. The game of life and its seeming realities can sometimes get the best of us, yet all we have to do is realign our focus to what is good in our worlds, rather than getting caught up in the negative. So do something that brings you joy this week. And if you are already in that state without any readjustment, enjoy these last days of Leo season and put a little lightness and a spring in your step that shows the universe how thankful and joyous you are to be alive. For if we love the world, it will love us right back. All right, folks. Well, I my Patreon is humming along. Last week, I uh, released the first episode of my Astro Story Time, which is a new offering that I have over on Patreon if you would like to become a uh, patron of the podcast. And so for $6 per month, you get my new Patreon-only show uh, where I share charts and tell stories about uh, mundane events and also people, you know, people's lives that are in the news or of interest. And so this first episode, I uh, talked about some Jupiter wine. I brought up a chart about an angry driver. I looked at uh, the squad uh, versus POTUS. And I also did an in-depth chart analysis on the recently deceased uh, indie rock legend, David Berman. Um, So if you want to check that out, I thoroughly encourage you uh, to sign up for my new offering. And just a reminder, I also have an offering that is $3 a month uh, for show notes, uh, where if you want to get my forecasts and have it at the ready anytime you want to look at it throughout the week, you can now get that for just starting at $3 per month, or you can get everything that I offer for $8 per month, because it could be helpful to look back and, you know, uh, revisit some of this forecast to see how it plays out during the week. So if that is something that you might be interested in, uh, I encourage you to come on over to my Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome back this week's special guest. We have Verge the Astrologer back. Thanks for joining me, Verge. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be back here. I'm excited to have you back as well. And this time we have Verge uh, is in his own house. Last time we had to meet, uh, you had to, Mercury played a little tricks on you and you had to go somewhere in public to do our podcast interview. Yes. So 
Very, very different circumstances, for sure. Yes. There's a little more peace. Yep. I love it. So uh, for those who might not have heard uh, Verge before, will you give a little background about yourself? Tell the, tell the listeners who you are. Yeah. So I am Virgilio. Everyone calls me Verge. Um, I'm an astrologer. My mother is also an astrologer. Um, I kind of picked it up from her very slowly throughout college. Um, and then, you know, you get to that point with astrology where things finally start to click and you can actually read the chart. And once that happened for me, that was that. Um, so I've been practicing astrology with my practice for about three years now. Um, and I've always, you know, been an eighth house there. I've got my moon in the eighth house. So as a kid, it was always aliens and space. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, and I have two parents who are also, you know, very affluent in the occult. So I kind of had no choice in the matter. <laughs> okay. Well, that leads me to my next question because I've been asking everybody that's been coming on recently, what sparked their interest in astrology? So is that your story, the kind of the parent link? What, what was kind of that entry point for you? Essentially, yeah. Um, my mom's story is a little bit more interesting than mine because I kind of grew vicariously through her. Um, so my mom was a Jehovah's Witness growing up. So I was always around the Bible. It was always thrown in my direction, um, even though my parents were split. So, you know, I would see my mom every other week. Um, but I was always around the Bible reading it. And I kind of you know, things didn't really make sense to me in terms of the way that people interpreted it. Um, I always felt like there was some validity to it, but just not what religion had to offer. So years down the line, my mom kind of, you know, tied into some of those same clues and confirmations. She's more of like a reader than I am. I read a lot, but this woman is like a researcher. She's read absolutely everything. So as a result, she was able to kind of put some pieces together, realize that a lot of the Bible is talking about astrology. So that ultimately guided her to leave her religion. She joined another religion, left that one until she kind of found her way to where she is now, which is more of a, you know, spirituality standpoint. Spirituality being, you know, living your own spiritual experience versus religion, which is living someone else's spiritual experience. Um, so she wrote a book about her, her journey, and I kind of left out some important details. When she <laughs> left with witnesses, she moved to France. Um, and they, they were in France, they were in Egypt. She kind of had like this pilgrimage kind of energy going on. Um, and when she came back, she was kind of like an enlightened person. Um, I am gay and she sort of kind of disowned me a little bit when she was a Jehovah's Witness. So, you know, now moving forward years down the line, she's like best friends with my partner. <laughs> so that's kind of my story, just like that transformation of you know, losing a parent, you know, my parents separated when I was four, when Pluto crossed over my ascendant. Um, and then there was kind of another separation because of the religious um, dynamics and those sorts of things. 
And now we are all extremely close and we're all sort of at this place, you know, that we could have never gotten to without that journey. So I feel like my entire life has kind of prepared me to be an astrologer um, because things have happened like clockwork within my chart. You know, parents divorced at four, Pluto crosses the ascendant, um, moon conjunct Chiron in the eighth house, talking about my mom being an astrologer, also mm. the separation between the two of us, the healing process. You know, so just being able to see all of that on paper in my chart and make sense of my life was just kind of like it lit that Scorpio obsession that I have as a Scorpio rising. And that essentially is why I do this every day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. And because and, and Verge actually has a, a pretty solid stellium in Capricorn as well. Um, and some, you know, a lot of times for us, uh, especially earth uh, personalities, it really helps to see these, mm-hmm. the things that have happened because, you know, it takes that element of chaos out and there's kind of more control. Even if it was out of our control, we see, oh, wait, there's an order. There's a, there was things to this that make sense in, in the grander scheme. And so we can wrap our mind around that. Um, and so I love that story for you because actually that, you know, your interest was sparked through your mom's uh, own journey with her sense of spirituality and religion and going on the pilgrimage. Is, is any sense Sagittarius there? What's Jupiter? What's what's mom doing? <laughs> she does not have Sag in her chart. She's got an Aries stellium. She's Ooh. rising and a Libra moon. Okay. Um, All right. Nothing in her ninth house. She does have um, Venus conjunct. Actually, yeah, she does have Venus conjunct her MC in her ninth. Okay. Well, that, I would say that's something... <laughs> I would definitely say that's something. So, you know, kudos to mom for going through her own journey and then taking her son along. And I'm sure your charts are very much intertwined in your own, you know, karmic connection to one one another since it's so um, integral (laughs) to your own story. I love that. Um, Thank you for sharing, Verge. I love these stories of how people come to astrology. And what I'm, I'm noticing time and time again, and I'm probably saying every week, is that astrology finds us. It calls to us, whether it's an outside source or it's our parents and we're born into this influence. You know, there is definitely an initiation that comes with astrology, especially for those of us who then go on to be these practitioners. So absolutely fascinating. And I kind of really watched that play out because my mom like tried to teach me astrology for, you know, like two years before I really picked it up. And it never made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was the, the things that, that took me a while to pick up are the things that I'm always trying to get other people to understand. The fact that you have a rising sign, the fact that there are houses, like all of those simple things. It's like sometimes you might not be spiritually ready to understand how that functions and how that works and relate to that. So I feel like for me, it was sort of the universe allowing me to learn more when I was ready for it and mm-hmm. as I was ready for it. 
Yeah. Because once again, we're back on the clock, right? You know, because everything has a right timing to it. Uh, and especially if you have Capricorn energy, you know that. We are just always, I was saying this to someone the other day that, and you might, uh, you'll probably resonate with this. Do you ever go somewhere and you are just always on time, like down to the minute? Like, do you, ever, do you experience that? Because I will, I will leave late or I will leave early, but I will always be on time. Really? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't experience <laughs> uh, Maybe that's just me. And maybe that's the moon because I have the moon in Capricorn, which has okay. an element of time to it too. And so well, I've I was just... also born with Mercury retrograde. Oh. So I feel like that makes me a little weird with time. Okay, I get, I get also, that. I've got Neptune the same degree as Venus in my chart. So, you know, I can be a little bit elusive every once in a while. Um, when it comes to like professional things, I will make sure that I'm there on time. But anything that is not like firm and concrete, you might need to tell me to be there an hour before you want <laughs> to get you there on time. Yeah. Oh, and I will say before I forget this, and this is just a personal note for us, uh, that Venus-Neptune conjunction let's play that into that solar return we were just talking about earlier because that's really something. So anyways, that's, yep. that's our, that's our inside, uh, not so joke, <laughs> our inside astro joke, but okay. So let's get into Virgo season because I know that you are as excited as I am to get a, a stronghold of earth energy basically in the skies. Um, and it's going to be a heck of a season, I think, uh, based on, uh, you know, having gone through the eclipse summer and then all this fire and Leo season and the Uranus shakeups that were happening in Taurus. And now basically we get to Virgo season and things are uh, kind of humming along in, in the real world. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of action. So basically the sun moves into Virgo on August 23rd, actually at 3.02 a.m. here um, on the Pacific Coast, and we'll be here until the 22nd of September. So this is Virgo season. So Verge, you know, your name's so close to, <laughs> well, we need to know. Um, I, I know you like Virgo energy and you're looking forward to this time of year. So let's talk about Virgo characteristics in general. What are your observations about this sign or thoughts on it? Yes, I absolutely love Virgos because they are just so damn practical and useful and they make your life a lot easier. Um, I have a Virgo MC and it's also in my 11th house. So I feel like a lot of my um, really positive friendships in life are with Virgos. Um, and it's, it's always because I personally like to be a little bit more introverted. Um, so I kind of like it when people just kind of know what I'm thinking and can really just vibe and feed off of me. And Virgos, it's like, I don't even have to speak. If I'm out to dinner and the waiter does not bring my drink, they will clock that before I even have a chance to say anything. <laughs> and I just experienced this like two weeks ago. Um, a student, an astrology student of mine, Virgo Stellium, Literally, I waited maybe five minutes for a drink and she like freaked out and like got the waiter to bring it, but like with a little bit of an attitude. But she also, we actually were doing like a business trip together. So she went out of her way to like 
you know, make sure I had an Uber here and there and had my bags carried for me. And every last detail about this trip was taken care of. Um, I was supposed to order my own ticket for this trip, for this business trip. She ordered it for me. She just took care of absolutely Mm -hmm. everything. Um, And just in general, I feel like I've always attracted someone like that in my life. I've noticed that she has similar characteristics to other Virgos that I've been around. So, you know, that's something that I really appreciate them for. They bring to table just that alertness, that um, they present level-headedness, even though you can always tell that they're nervous underneath the surface. (laughs) They tend to change their minds a lot mm. when it comes to making decisions. But when, it's, when it comes to something that's a bit more linear, they're, they're perfect with it. Virgo is all about perfection, purification. So they know how to rely on the details that are given to them. Mm. You know, they know how to thrive because one plus two is three. You know, they know how to take the mathematics and the system that is already in place and sort of get the most out of that by being detail-oriented and really just, you know, driving home that attentiveness. So it's like a day without Virgos and the world would really collapse. (laughs) These are the people that are catching all the errors. These are the people that are, you know, telling actors and actresses before they go on set that their hair is a mess or... (laughs) You know, letting someone know that their breath is bad before they go into a speaking interview. Something to that effect. Virgos can be brutally honest when it (laughs) comes to presenting details. So, you know, we need them for that. And it's important to recognize that Virgos opposite Pisces. So you need something that grounded and that, you know, oriented towards perfection to really ground in all of that fairy tale, lottie dotty, you know, Piscean energy that escapes all of those boxes that Virgo, you know, seeks to put everything in. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I love Virgo energy. <laughs> <laughs> I love, all, I love all that breakdown. It's perfect because I will say. <laughs> it's so funny the start when you're like, oh, I haven't got my drink there yet. And of course the Virgo is right on it. And I have, I have, you know, bless your, bless the Virgo hearts out there, especially Virgo moons. I will not go to dinner with you. <laughs> I, I, I always know when I go to dinner with some Virgo, I'm just like, uh, you know, the menu, you know, how does this come with this? Or can I get it with that? Or, or like ask this. And then you see the waitress and it's just like, oh, just order already. <laughs> um, I think it's funny, but I love Virgos. Don't get me wrong. Because a Scorpio Risings, because both Virg and I are Scorpio Rising, our 11th house is Virgo. So, you know, I tend to have a lot of Virgo friends, as you do too. And we realize that they're very much uh, beneficial to... <laughs> to uh, helping us, um, you know, move through life, uh, put th- pull things together, um, and being solid number twos, too, because I have, a, my partner is a Virgo, and he was just talking to me about this the other day. He's actually found himself in somewhat of a leadership position at work, and he has come to the realization that, you know, I, I'm a solid number two. I don't want to be... I don't want to be the person that is like having to do this. I want to be able to fix the problems. I want to go in. I want to have an ordered task. 
where you're just telling me what it is I need to uh, fix or work on. And, and that just, you know, that will make him feel more solid in his position because you're right. Virgo energy can be very uh, shy or unassuming uh, when they're not like, you know, verbally telling you, you know, <laughs> the harsh truths of reality sometimes. <laughs> but but in, in general, you know, they, they might not be so prone to want to be in the limelight or to call the shots if they don't have other energies that are supporting that in the chart. Because every chart's different, you know. There are some Virgo powerhouses out there in, in leadership positions. And then there, there's other people that are Virgo and they're like, let me be behind the scenes. Let me put all the pieces together. Um, and because it's a double-bodied sign, like you were saying, you know, they can vacillate um, and, and shift in, in their energy or change their mind or, um, you know, but I think that also helps their adaptability and their malleability in this world to kind of turn things over much like a Rubik's Cube to try to fit the puzzle all together. Um, yeah. And so we're going to be doing it. So we're getting a shot of this, whether you not you have Virgo energy in your chart. We all have something, don't get me wrong, but we're going to have a slew of planets in Virgo, making um, grand earth trines to, you know, Uranus and Taurus, to uh, Capricorn uh, energy with Saturn, Pluto, and the South Node there in Capricorn. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about, about okay, let me ask you, Virg, before we start here, do you think we should start with full uh, moon activity or do you want to get into the aspects of the... Uh, actual you know our trines and squares and stuff um either or let's just get into <laughs> the aspects i suppose that's a virgo uh, i've got those up in front of me right now oh he's ready that we're going there so let's okay <laughs> Because here's our saving grace after, like I said earlier, after this lunar eclipse energy, after our fire energy of Leo season, now we are getting down to the nitty gritty earth energies of getting things done in the real world. So FYI, if you've been trying to clean out that garage or, <laughs> you know, have a project on this type of level, this is the month to do it. Um, so yeah, so we have basically the sun uh, well, Mars is the first to move into Virgo before we even get to uh, Virgo season here, but we'll have Mars, the Sun, um, Venus, and uh, Mercury. They're all going to be cruising through Virgo uh, and basically trining Uranus and then going on to trine Saturn uh, and Pluto there. So what are, what are your thoughts on that, Verge? Uh, just kind of that Uranus trine and then, then Saturn and Pluto kind of following that up, all in Earth energy. I think the Uranus trine is very interesting. Um, and I think it's interesting because, you know, Uranus obviously is sudden changes, unpredictability. Um, we haven't really felt into that Uranus and Taurus energy yet. Um, not in the way that I feel like a lot of us have been expecting to. Mm. So I feel like now that the Earth energy is going to be a bit more prevalent, I think that will really start to kick in a little bit in speeding up the Earth activity. So where this summer has been rather challenging for a lot of people, everyone's been kind of, you know just treading through their own personal sludge, you know, however the transits have been impacting you personally. And now that we're all shifting into Earth and things are a bit more grounded and a bit more tangible, 
I feel like Uranus's impact is really just speeding that up a little bit. Mm. So for me personally, I've already been feeling the Virgo energy. Um, and I mean, last week I was feeling completely the opposite. I was all into the escapism and just wanted to lay around and hang out. And now this week I'm like, I got to clean the house. I got to go to the gym. I need to go purchase these supplements and do this for my body and that. So totally the square to Uranus, I feel like is really, I mean, the trine from Uranus, I feel like is already starting to kick in a little bit and speeding up that sort of earth activation because Earth is going to be the major player in 2020 with all of the Capricorn transits and really just the fallout from the grand conjunction that's going to happen with Jupiter, um, Saturn, and um, Pluto. So I feel like we are sort of now, the wheels are starting to turn um, and, and motion towards that huge event so I think this is really the first time where that ener- that Earth energy is going to really start to be front and center, where mm-hmm. Uranus is going to start to, you know, let us know that, it, hey, I'm here, I'm in Taurus, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next several years. Um, and then Saturn, South Node, Pluto, you know, start to really gain in energy, especially as Saturn goes direct as well. Mm-hmm. So. With Uranus, I'm feeling like there can definitely be, um, you know, some financial things that happen over the next several weeks, especially as it pertains to politics and government. Mm. You know, we're dealing with Saturn and Capricorn, um, and we've been just watching this kind of U.S. um, government drama unfolding over the last couple of years. Um, And to me, I've personally been feeling that that is sort of the body that 2020 will play out through the most will be, you know, the 2020 election and just the U.S. political sector and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm feeling like this is the first shift and catalyst towards, you know, the fallout of all of that energy. Mm. I think you're definitely right about that because we do have to keep in mind that since Uranus has like officially moved into Taurus, you know, granted, it, yeah, last year it kind of backed in, backed out. It was like getting its feet wet. But this is the first like flowing energy because we just went through, you know, Leo season. And actually, as Virgin and I are talking right now, Mercury is squaring Uranus in the skies as we're having this conversation. Um, but You know, the square, I think, is kind of what has been shaking things up during Leo season. And now we come around and we're going to get this trying to Uranus that is going to allow us to flow with the Earth energy and reconfigure and shake things up. And I think you're absolutely right that we're going to get a solid flavor of what Uranus and Taurus looks like on, you know, in the mundane reality of of the world. And especially, like you said, in financial systems, um, uh, agricultural systems, um, you know, uh, I always keep talking about the fake meat. (laughs) (laughs) Which I, because I saw a thing the other day, you know, I love Impossible Burger and Beyond Burger, but they did a test. Yeah, but they did a test on Impossible Burger. I just saw this recently and they found, uh, you know, a GMO in it. Uh, And people are like, what the hell, you know? (laughs) And so it's it's hard to cover all the bases, you know, um, to try to have no meat, but then have no fertilizer. And and so, I mean, it's just all these things that can come up and start to, 
get reconfigured and kind of flow in because that's the thing with trines is like the energies are working together nicely, but what energies are at play? So it just means that there's no boundaries here and things are moving. And so if you've wanted to make some physical changes in your life, some concrete changes to your, um, to your finances, to your, your job situation, you know, cause we're talking about earth. What are we doing here on our physical plane of reality? Um, and to your diet and health, like Vir- uh, Virg was just saying, um, you know, you were go out there getting some supplements <laughs> or like thinking about, uh, uh, getting that going. Um, and I think that this is going to provide us that opportunity to rearrange our physical lives, um, and shift because we got to keep remembering that Virgo is a mutable sign. And so there is a shifting and a transitional and an adaptation type of energy that is at play while we're having these uh, while we're stabilizing the energy of Uranus and Taurus and the fixed sign, but then trining to Saturn um, in Capricorn, which uh, Capricorn is more of an initiating and starting type of energy. Uh, so I, I feel like we get to uh, kind of awaken to what we want to fixate on and, and rearrange so that we can make that a more solid thing, uh, adapt that in some way, and then start fresh in other areas once that Saturn trine comes along. So, I mean, Virgo, Virgo energy trining Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn. How do you see that fitting in after the Uranus kind of <laughs> introduction? Right. Well, I think the South Node's presence is really important there. Um, I think whenever you're dealing with the South Node, a lot of times you are dealing with, <clears throat> you know, Old habits, a lot of times bad habits even, things that you may have thought that you had shaken years ago that all of a sudden come up and now you have to rework yourself through that energy. So I feel like, you know, Virgo being, um, you know, squaring, rather trining that energy is giving you the organization and the desire to really put some of those bad habits away. Um, you know, even with Saturn and Pluto as well, Saturn is your sense of responsibility. Um, and Pluto, a lot of times can go into your inner saboteur and how you can kind of get in your own way. Mm. So that being with the South Node, I feel like the juxtaposition with the Virgo energy is giving us sort of the the access to really switch up some of those energies some of those things that we maybe don't like about ourselves or maybe just some things that we want to improve, whether it be our health, um, our fitness level, our diets, um, you know, or whether it be issues with addiction or whatever it is that you have going on in your life. Um, Virgo season is always a good time to form some better habits around that. Mm. So I think this energy is definitely lending to that. Um, And I think it's great timing because I think 2020 and the 2020s in general are going to bring us a lot of really crazy energy. So I feel like this is a really good opportunity to really set ourselves up and become a lot more stronger, become a lot more disciplined, um, you know, by bringing our Saturn energy in harmony with that Virgo archetype. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a wonderful opportunity to, you know, really 
bring those earth energies together and just kind of get on the ball with things in your life. Whatever Mm. it is that you've sort of let slip away, whatever you haven't been putting as much time and effort and energy into, I always personally feel like during Virgo season, there's more hours in the day. (laughs) It honestly feels like that to me. Like, I just feel like you can get more done, you know, because the energies are kind of lending and supporting you. Mm. Yeah. I like that because, you know, Virgo energy is very hyper aware. And so we're more like in tune with our, our space time, basically, because everything is like your eyes just brighten up and you're like a squirrel with a bushy tail. Like, <laughs> like what's, oh, I have to. And so I like that too, about the idea of trining into Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn to basically start new habits and routines and to purify life in some way, because that's essentially what Virgo does is it's, it's a purification process. It can discern where the impurity is, uh, which is also a skill of Pluto. So I think that those two combined, those energies combined, we can purify, uh, you know, the, the body, um, our, our day-to-day, uh, systems of working, um, you know, and, uh, our, our health and diet and all that type of thing. We have the ability to kind of ha- create new routines, uh, that we can discipline ourselves around, uh, and kind of, you know, as, as Virgo is known for doing, cut the wheat from the chaff <laughs> and, and only attach ourselves and our energy to what is most useful for us going forward, um, and kind of, uh, innovating with, within that. So I'm, you know, and just in general, I will say that the, uh, the week of the second, during Virgo season is just a crazy week of energy. Just FYI, that's I think that's like the hot spot. There's so many transits going on. I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to like abbreviate the whole program that I do that week because it is going to be lit up in the skies. But as far as the sun trines, because the sun is always kind of bringing that uh, awareness of um, you know the conscious awareness. It's kind of that moment where we really seed with these planets. So I'm just going to let you guys know when we're going to have the sun trines um, in the interest of saving trines. Saving trines, saving time. Um, So the sun trine Uranus is going to happen on August 29th, uh, right when we have our new moon in... uh, It's basically our new moon in Virgo is going to be trining this Uranus influence, which we'll get into here in a second. So that's August 29th. Uh, And then we're going to have the sun trine Saturn on September 6th. And then the sun will try and Pluto on September 13th. Uh, and so you can kind of see these all are like, like evenly spaced out for us to go through these experiences of Uranus, getting uh, our solar awareness around Uranus, around Saturn, and then Pluto. Shake it up, uh, reconfigure it, and then, you know, transform and, and change that energy. So that's exciting. That is exciting there. All right. So now how about, uh, so, but we do have squares happening from Jupiter in Sagittarius. So we, we're flowing with this trine of earth, but basically all the planets in Virgo are going to, you know, line up to square Jupiter and Sagittarius. And so Verge, what do you think about uh, that pushing forward influence? Yeah, so there's been a lot of Jupiter Square activity this year. And I think a lot of people got really excited, like, yay, Jupiter and Sag 2019. And they didn't really, like, look at the transits and just really see (laughs) stuff Jupiter was going to be going through in 2019. Um, You know, so 
he's been in and out of squares to Neptune the whole year. Um, and now moving into a square with all of this Virgo activity, um, Jupiter is your expansion, you know, and we expand in so many different ways in life. Um, so depending on where you have that in your chart will determine how you personally are seeking to expand in your life. But Virgo energy is going to help you, or at least seeks to help you, put all of those ideas and hopes and dreams and wishes, Jupiter, in a box and categorize them. Um, So this is a square, so it's going to present a challenge. So we might all be feeling this Virgo energy. We're going to be, you know, wanting to get super organized, maybe want to go back to the gym. But at the same time, Jupiter might be saying, oh, well, I want to go, you know, have fun and explore right now. I want to, um, you know, drink and have a good time and be social and travel and not necessarily be tied down to, you know, organizing my house and, you know, organizing all of these different mundane facets of Mm -hmm. my life. Um, Because we're still dealing with the Neptune um, square to Jupiter as well. So that is bringing sort of this juxtaposition between idealism um, and fantasy. So with Jupiter being ideal, I mean, sorry, with idealism um, and... Fantasy uh, and like reality, optimism, basically. Optimism. <laughs> optimism. <laughs> so, you know, Jupiter is, is your sense of optimism in your chart. Mm. Neptune is your sense of fantasy and idealism. So when those two things are at odds, you might be someone who, you know, maybe you're five foot ten and you're 34 years old and you still think you're going to play in the NBA, you know, (laughs) or any sort of unrealistic sort of dream, wish or fantasy. You know, while we want to firmly believe that we can accomplish everything in life. We don't want to limit ourselves. We also do need to be a little bit realistic. You know, there are some things that are more suited for certain people as opposed to others. Mm. So it's important to use discernment with those energies and separate them when they need to be separated. So I feel like this Virgo energy is going to allow us to really own in our sense of optimism and really kind of make sense of it, write things down, plan things out a little bit more, you know, and don't let it be so much of a just um, spur of the moment or leaving things up to chance, which Jupiter can sometimes like to do. This is more of an opportunity to, you know, take the wheel and personally Mm. make it happen yourself Mm. using all of that Virgo energy. Yes, I think that is a key point. And, you know, we might find ourselves in between like, oh, we have all this work to do. And, you know, we're really drawn into the reality of what is right now. But then a part of us wants to play and is still dreaming about certain things. And we are going to have that last Jupiter-Neptune square in the skies during Virgo season at the very end here on September 21st. Um, So we do have one last pass of those two meeting. And much of, uh, you know, September is going to be that energy approaching one another again. Um, And so I think that is a very key piece. But I like what you're saying about, because that's the thing, it's like, 
you know, the, the optimism meeting idealism, and many of us are dreaming right now. Um, and, and some dreams are just going to be that. They're always going to be a dream because we don't have what it takes in the reality, uh, you know, the, the realm of reality to make that happen. But then for some of us, we have big dreams and we need to make those a reality. And we can't just keep dreaming about it or like you said, leave it up to chance. Like, you know, the good luck fairy is going to come around and be like, oh, this is your wish? Let me help you here. You know, no, there's no good luck fairy. You have to work for it. <laughs> um, and then maybe the good luck fairy will come around at that point. But so if you, you know, we might find ourselves in that space where we still do have certain dreams. Um, and now is the time to discern whether or not they can really become a reality uh, or, 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 or how I can work to make that a reality. And there's going to be friction and activation there. Um, and so, uh, so basically we have a bunch of planets uh, squaring Jupiter energy. So we have Venus squaring Jupiter on September 2nd. Mercury will square Jupiter on September 5th. Then the sun will come around September 8th. Uh, and then Mars last in line. So all these other planets, because Mars has been in front for so long and now uh, all the other planets are going to move around in Mars. It's kind of nice to have Mars as the last in line uh, in, as far as planets of action because you don't want to act before you become aware of it or thought it out or, you know, opened up yeah. to the, you know, so it's kind of a blessing to basically have Venus coming in first. So she's like, ooh, I'm attracted to this. Well, what does this look like? And then Mercury's like, okay, let me look for like we figure it out. Mercury is in Virgo. So let me look at all the bits and pieces. And then the sun's like, Ooh, okay. I like what I'm seeing here. And then Mars is like, go for it within reason. Of course, this is a square. <laughs> um, so we see, and so Mars will do that on September 12th, the day before our full moon in Pisces, which we'll talk about here in a bit. And so I'm liking this Jupiter energy that we see here, uh, but it also is going to cause some interesting uh, friction to come up most certainly. So now... Okay, so we've talked about Uranus, Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter. And so we have uh, basically one more biggie in the sky, and that is those oppositions to Neptune uh, that are going down in Pisces uh, across the way here. And so, uh, Verge, what do you think? Well, How is Neptune going to play into this all? <laughs> well... <laughs> So Neptune, Neptune is all things confusing, all things otherworldly. Neptune rules Pisces, which is opposite Virgo. So, you know, we're talking about Virgo season here. We're moving into Virgo season here. And yet we have this energy that wants to give us anything but Virgo energy. So it's really interesting. You know, there's always polarity. The universe loves to go out of its way to show us that. Yes. And that's what this is. You know, we're going to be enveloped in this Virgo energy where we want to be more de detail-oriented. We want to get things done. You know, we want to go into the cold of winter with our best, you know, our best hat on. And now is definitely the time to make those changes to make that happen essentially. But now with Neptune in the mix and that opposition from Neptune, mind you, Neptune will also be squaring Jupiter, which will be squaring the Virgo energy, yes. you know, and Jupiter also is another spiritual energy. So there's two spiritual planets 
looking over at this Virgo energy saying, oh, you, you thought everything was going to be good and linear and make sense. Well, no, try again. <laughs> um, so essentially, I think it's going to be more of a lot of the same things that I've been hearing just with clients, friends, family, things that have been going on this year. Um, you know, lots of Neptunian things, people seeing lots of synchronicities, lots of synchronous numbers, all of these UFO stories that are popping up in the news all the time. Just lots of weirdness, things that, you know, are, or at least used to be considered otherworldly. We're certainly starting to kind of make some headway on all of this UFO stuff, at least so it seems. So I feel like that could also be something that potentially unfolds, mm-hmm. certainly into 2020. I'm definitely keeping my eye on that story. And I feel like that has just been, to me, the staple of this Neptune and Pisces transit is just the fact that the government is actually talking about all of these things. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this huge deal anymore. It's normal almost, you know, so... I think that these oppositions will maybe force us to look at some of these things a little bit closely. Now, I'm not saying everyone should go find an underground bunker, that aliens (laughs) are coming, anything like that. Uh, But keep your eye out for things that are weird, things that are very confusing, you know, especially as it pertains to Mercury. Mercury is communication. So Mercury opposition Neptune To me, that is kind of like a Mercury retrograde Mm -hmm. in of itself. So you can expect things to maybe be confusing, not being on the same page with people. Um, You can expect some things that are just weird and nonlinear, maybe don't make the most sense to you. Um, You can also expect to maybe feel a little bit depleted, you know, when Neptune is opposite Mars especially. Opposite Venus, you know, Mm -hmm. you might have some communication issues in your relationships, Um, maybe some issues with idealism in your relationships. Be, you know, keep your eye out on that as well. If you're someone who maybe falls, falls for people too easily or, you know, something to that. When when Neptune is in bad aspect to Venus, you can fall for the wrong person. You know, you can fall for the idealism of who you think someone is as opposed to who they actually are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, depending on which planet it is, they're all going to be kind of impacted in different ways. But mostly it'll be somewhat disorienting. Um, At the same time, it'll be a time where, you know, you can meditate, you can go into your yoga practice and maybe you connect a lot further than you're used to because that energy is lending, you know, that spiritual connection at that time. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that that's the case because really, you know, we have that, uh, uh, Pisces meeting Virgo essentially within that Neptune and then all the planets that will, uh, oppose that. And so I'm hoping that on the high side of things, it can be where the, you know, spirit and earth meet and kind of a bird's eye view, uh, to help us, especially with these Jupiter squares, because, um, 
Because really, like we were saying, you know, Jupiter is going to square Neptune at the end of Virgo season. And so as each planet squares Jupiter, it's going to then square Neptune almost immediately after it. So we have Venus, or not, sorry, opposing Neptune. So we have Venus opposing Neptune on September 4th, two days after the square to Jupiter. We have Mercury opposing Neptune. Like you were just saying, definitely kind of a Mercury retrograde type of period. It absolutely is. And that's going to happen September 6th, a day after the square to Jupiter. And then the sun will oppose Neptune on September 9th, uh, the day after the square of Jupiter. And then Mars will oppose uh, Neptune on our full moon in Pisces, which is a very key piece, you know, as we talk about these lunations. So we might as well go there because you know, that's where we're at right now. And these are the things are kind of bookending and creating the, uh, the energy uh, that is seeding into and then apexing with this uh, Virgo season. And so our lunar activity, we have a new moon at six degrees and 46 minutes of Virgo on uh, August 30th, which is a Friday. And then we have a full moon at 21 degrees and five minutes of Pisces on another Friday, Friday the 13th, uh, <laughs> September 13th. So that is going to be an interesting Friday the 13th to say the least. Uh, and we actually have, uh, well, what's well, interesting that day, not only do we have an SDAS meeting <laughs> on the Venus Stargates, if anybody's interested in that, but we're also going to be having our uh, the next Democratic debate that day as well, which I'm sure as you've already kind of prefaced, <laughs> we can see some energy there. So Let's go first to our new moon on uh, August 30th at six degrees Virgo. Um, and that's going to happen at 3.37 a.m., at least Pacific time. So we'll be sleeping uh, when it happens. But, um, you know, what do we got going on? So let me pull up the chart here. So basically Mercury has just entered Virgo. And we have Mercury, the moon, the sun, Mars, and Venus all in Virgo, uh, basically trining Uranus um, during this new moon. So, I mean, what do you make of it, Verge? Where, where, this is an interesting starting point to our Virgo season? <laughs> I think so, absolutely. Um, I think it's a fantastic starting point. You know, whenever you have a new moon, um, you sort of have a clean slate. You have a new beginning, an opportunity to you know, write some things down, set your intentions, and really just kind of start anew and, and do things differently. Do things the way that you would like to do them. It's a fresh start. So with the new moon being conjunct, all of those planets in Virgo, it's not only picking up on all of that Virgo energy, it's then amplified by all of those planets that have already been picking up that energy. So it's causing it's it's gathering our awareness to all of these virgoan aspects of our lives you know how can we be a little bit more organized in our day-to-day -day life how can we be a little bit more practical maybe we can cut off some time here by doing this hmm. or you know maybe we can start meal prepping on mondays these are the types of things that are going to you know really ask us to um consider over the next couple of weeks, especially starting now with starting August 30th with the new moon. Um, and as that sort of progresses and we move on towards the full moon, you know, that will be the opportunity to, you know, see what you've manifested over that time. 
and what new habits you might have been able to create and what bad habits you maybe have been able to, you know, sort of get rid of. So new moon, new opportunity, um, all that Virgo energy is just, you know, asking us to really get in touch with that that mercurial organizer that yeah. sort of lives within all of us, some more than others. <laughs> yeah, and if it doesn't live within you, now's the time where you can kind of tap into that energy. Because when, you know, especially when I think of Virgo and especially in a trine to Uranus, this is all about working smarter, not harder. You know, like innovate your earth energy, uh, innovate how you go about things, you know, like cut out all the unnecessary steps that you might take um, in order to get somewhere. Uh, because I, I think that that is kind of setting us up to at least see that this whole Virgo season within some sort of innovation to how it is that we, we do things in our everyday sphere. Uh, so I love that trying to Uranus. Um, but, you know, trying to Uranus, things are going to be shaking up. There are going to be changes throughout this lunar season uh, because because of that, um, because they're just going to be flowing in and we're going to be able to see that in the real world. But I think it's a really promising start. I think it's very strong and strong in Virgo. Um, and so if you're other mutable signs, you know, if you're a Gemini or a Sagittarius, this could be a little bit, a little bit rougher, uh, just to get through that particular energy because all the energy is basically stockpiling to, uh, cause some friction, uh, you know, to your, to your natal planets there. But for us in water and, uh, uh, Earth signs, we're going to be like, oh, yes, this is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that full moon now because we have a, a, di- a bit of a different signature going on once we get to the full moon. Um, and so our full moon, we basically have uh, both Mercury and Venus. We're going to be at 29 degrees of Virgo. They're about to leave, but they're in conjunction. Uh, but then we have Mars and the sun conjunct in Virgo. And then basically the moon is conjunct Neptune. And then it's all squaring Jupiter and then kind of trying or sextiling into Saturn. And so I kind of look at it this way. Um, we have kind of a succession. Cause I always like to look at what's the moon doing as it moves to make that full moon, uh, opposition, because that's kind of our lead in. And so, uh, you know, I think Neptune is very integral, uh, because the sun has just opposed it in the skies. We've just got that dose of Neptune. Mars is an exact opposition. To, to that moon. I think it's going to be a little bit sleepy <laughs> to some extent. Uh, it's going to be active, but like you said, kind of lower energies. Um, and so the moon is going to make this as- these aspects before she goes full. So she's basically on a sextile Saturn, square Jupiter, uh, oppose Mars, conjunct Neptune, sextile Pluto, and then oppose the sun. And so that's about one hell of a lineup, I think, as far as energy is concerned. So, I mean, Verge, what do you see for this full moon at 21 degrees of Pisces? Wow. Um, (laughs) He's like, wow. First off, um, Lilith is also going to kind of be in the mix here. Um, I don't have the right time. Oh, because she... I have uh, the 21st, but I didn't put in a a time. So my degrees are a little bit off here. I have the moon at 14 degrees, but um, I have Lilith. Right on Lilith. (laughs) 14. So I feel like Lilith is still a little bit of a player here just because the moon is passing by her and triggering that. Yeah. Especially with the opposition from Mars as well. That is kind of giving me this 
narrative of volatility almost. Mm. So that's definitely something that we really want to just be a little bit mindful of. You know, whenever you have a Mars opposition Lilith, Lilith is kind of this dark, shadowy aspect that we all have within us. Um, And it's a dark, shadowy aspect that is created by society. You know, it's something that we're kind of pushed into. And as a result, we're not able to fully display our individuality and, and, and really allow ourselves to manifest our energy at a comfortable level, an authentic level. So Mars is, you know, action, aggression, fire. Wherever Mars is, it's heating that area of the chart up. So being opposite Lilith, where the moon is also going to be on the full moon, you know, I think that there are going to be a lot of arguments. There's going to be a lot of breakups. There's going to be a lot of chapters closing, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we get ready for Saturn to go direct, as we get ready for some of these new energy arcs to unfold, I'm feeling like this is maybe closing some chapters for people. Um, and if you don't fall under that category, you know, then perhaps this is more so about just setting your sights a little bit higher, your dreams, you know, the moon being conjunct Neptune here, bringing attention to our dreams, our fantasies, bringing attention to our spirituality and, you know, all of the otherworldliness that penetrates this reality. Whereas the new moon was all about anchoring us into this earth energy and, you know, getting our to-do list ready and just getting ourselves together. And now the full moon is asking us, okay, well, all of that earth stuff is cool, but like, what are your dreams? What are your actual dreams? You know, what do you think all of this is on a spiritual level? And that's not to say that we're all going to be faced with, you know, some crises that makes you decide then and there what you believe about the universe But it's just a very interesting dynamic where we have this very linear new moon energy and then this very non-linear full moon energy. Mm. Uh, So I think ultimately you'll want to pay attention to where these fall in your chart. You know, pay attention to where Jupiter is in your chart because he's going to be squaring both sides of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll kind of give you more of an idea of the shape and form that these transits can kind of, you know, impact you through. Yeah. Cause that, those, you know, that, that Virgo, Sag and Pisces, wherever that basically is in your chart, that there's going to be a lot of tension taking place there uh, for this Virgo season. And I think you're absolutely right about, um, you know, cause that's the thing is we're seeding in this, this uh, earth energy. And so we're, you know, we're on this linear perspective. We're creating things in the real world. We're shifting here. And then, you know, we get all this Pisces and this Neptune energy and perhaps what we're creating or this new life that we're, you know, putting together and architecting, it might not have room for things that we've had before. And so that's where that Neptune, uh, you know, once we tap into that, the, 
what we're honoring spiritually, uh, you know, things will start to uh, fall away from our lives and to dissolve in, in certain ways. And, you know, and that's not always pretty because, uh, you know, uh, Pisces energy in general, water energy, this is relating, this is merging with other people. And so other people are absolutely involved, I think, in this full moon. Uh, and we got to keep in mind with Mars in the exact opposition, Mars is also combust the sun. So Mars, you know, it, it not only is it kind of debilitated by this, uh, uh, Neptune energy, it's also blazing, you know, the sun's blazing around it and it can't quite see itself all the time. And so, uh, you know, there, I can see a lot of people like getting really riled up about, um, imperfections of, you know, like what they would ideally like to see. Um, and, and then maybe taking that uh, farther <laughs> than, you know, you would on a normal day because it's blinded by the sun, you know, it's just in, in that Virgo Virgo world. And I like the Lilith component too, because that's, that's an interesting piece with, um, especially as, uh, Lilith goes to, uh, eventually here is going to conjunct Neptune, which should be interesting, uh, energy, I think, um, because she does play into those, uh, fears that we have. And I like the idea of the collective fear, you know, why, why do we, why are we afraid of this? It's because this thing that is larger has kind of seeded within us, but, you know, fear essentially, if we tap into it in, in the right way, fear also aligns with power. And that's another thing with Lilith is, you know, how do you use your power, uh, in, in, a, a, a in a positive way rather than letting maybe the powers that be uh, create fear in, in your life that, that, that hinder you. Um, so I, that, that's probably going to be triggered too. And so this is going to be a very interesting full moon in my opinion. And um, I'm just going to have to see how it plays out and then I'll, and then I'll make a decision. <laughs> So, I mean, you brought up our last piece basically for Virgo season um, briefly when you were talking about the full moon, and that is Saturn stationing uh, direct here. And so Saturn will station direct at 13 degrees of Capricorn on September 18th. So basically we've had Jupiter just go direct, uh, which we're all very thankful for, <laughs> I think. Uh, but that's also going to get the party started in many ways that we don't quite anticipate in this moment. Um, uh, so hold on to your seats there. But I mean, Burge, what do you think about Saturn going direct and, and moving its own agenda forward? Yeah, um, I think that this is going to be a much needed energy for a lot of Earth signs, especially the Capricorns out there. Um, I know all of the other Capricorns that I've spoken to pretty much since Saturn went retrograde have just been having really difficult time, um, you know, especially with the South Node there, with Pluto there. Mm -hmm a lot of old behavior patterns and just like inner saboteur kind of energy, not being able to tap into that grounded, practical, you know, Capricorn energy that we normally rely on. Um, you know, some, there are some Capricorns that I know personally that are like that quintessential Capricorn, that hardworking doesn't sleep, you know, they're always working on something. And even those people recently have been like, I don't know what's going on. I keep procrastinating. Mm. I can't get anything done. So I'm feeling like with Saturn going direct, with Virgo season, that's totally going to activate that and, and bring back that sense of familiarity with, with our work engines, with our, 
you know, energy levels, with the amount of um, just overall energy that we have to put into our practices and our disciplines. Um, with that being said, it's going direct with other malefics. Yeah. So wherever that is in your chart, whatever is going on in your life right now, you might see something click or shift or change, you know, with Saturn going direct. So that's going to be a little bit more personal depending on what you have going on there. Um, but ultimately, what I like about Saturn going direct is the fact that it's trining the moon um, and it's trining um, the sun and Mars as well. Here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's just a lot of um, sort of practical-minded, um, responsible sort of energy to tap into. And that energy has kind of been a little bit elusive recently. <laughs> so I think people will feel a little bit more normal, a little bit more grounded, perhaps, with Saturn going direct here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that actually might be a, a great uh, saving grace as it goes direct uh, about uh, three days before Jupiter and Neptune make its last square. So maybe, you know, because uh, well, at that point, we will have gone through the Saturn trines, uh, we'll have gone through the Neptune oppositions, and then Saturn's like, okay, no, I'm, now I'm going to go direct. I've got, a, I've got an agenda. Let's get, down to, <laughs> let's get down to business here. And then maybe that can pair with that Jupiter square Neptune. Now, granted, it will be interested to see uh, how this plays out in the world and political sphere, uh, especially as Saturn stationing uh, and we're getting closer and closer to our Saturn-Pluto conjunction there in January of 2020. I have a feeling it's going to be quite active, uh, especially paired as Jupiter squares Neptune in the sky. So look to the world stage around, uh, you know, September 18th through the 22nd, because I think that there's going to be, well, really the 16th through the 22nd, because we also have Mercury and Venus who will have just moved into uh, Libra, which Venus will be very happy to get out of her fall sign in Virgo to get over to Libra. But they're both going to um, square or excuse me, oppose Chiron uh, around the time that Saturn goes direct too. So I think that there are going to be some things stirred up within us um, in our own uh, assertion levels in life in order to get this party started. And we're probably going to see that on the world sphere too. Um, so it's bound to be an interesting time, but it's, I like how we get through all these dynamics and then right at the end of Virgo season, Saturn turns direct, Jupiter squares Neptune, and we're, we're ready to, you know, the fall equinox is about to arrive. So, so we, there's also uh also going to be a kite on that day when Saturn goes direct Oh, on the 18th. Um, a kite sort of pointing to Neptune and Lilith and Pisces, um, which is right where the full moon will be, um, you know, a few days prior to that. Yes. So I think that is really interesting. Um, Really pay attention to whatever manifests in your life during that full moon, especially with where you have Pisces in your chart. Um, because Saturn direct, you know, is, is more than likely going to play off of that energy. Um, especially with this kite here, the nature of kite energies is they kind of all lend their energies towards that planet and that that focal point. 
Um, so Neptune being that focal point <laughs> with all things weird and beyond and in between. Um, you know, I think the last few years has certainly been kind of a huge awakening for the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just kind of seems to be more of the same, especially like I, I was talking earlier about the UFOs. And now you have even like the Vatican talking about the fact that there can be aliens and just people that you would never have thought would wake up and have their mind expanded are starting to reach that point. So to me, I really see a lot of that in this chart. I'm feeling like there are going to be more um, events on on the mainstream sector that push people into their spirituality. Um, you know, especially ahead of 2020, I feel like 2019 has been like the universe knocking on a lot of people's yes. doors and just like, okay, girl, it's, it's time, like <laughs> it's time for you to know what the hell is up and, and get on your path, you know? Yeah. So, I totally I agree. That's what a lot of this is. It's really just waking us up to what our fantasies are, what our dreams are. And really just what we're here for, ultimately. Mm, I would love that. Well, okay. So, I, I mean, if you were to give one just quick piece of advice to, that you would say for Virgo season, and especially this year, what, what would that be? What do, what do you want to leave our listeners with? Write everything down. <laughs> um, that is like gold, especially when you're dealing with mercurial energy. You want to make it as direct and not scattered as possible because Virgo can sometimes be scattered and that's why they keep lists. That's (laughs) why they keep everything so organized because they know that if they did not have that organization, they would be in chaos. They wouldn't be able to function. So it's like make sure that you are utilizing that Virgo energy of organization and keeping everything linear. But at the same time, make sure that you're writing it down and making and, and giving it the energy that it needs to, you know, keep it around for longer and, and, and give it more of a lasting impact. Mm. This is the time of year where you can really start some fantastic habits, especially as it pertains to your health. You know, when we move into the colder months, Human beings have a tendency to get a little bit more depressed, eat more things that are not necessarily great for you. So this is the perfect time of year to develop and cultivate habits that will help you avoid some of those energies, you know, come January, February, the colder months. Yeah. So we don't have to make that new year's resolution every year where we're like, gosh, every year I'm taking, <laughs> I love that. Well, and Virgo loves to write things down and really it is quite proven that when you write ideas down, not only does it help you solidify and get things out of your brain, you know, that might be swirling around, it will help you remember when we have the Neptune transits, but it also helps that manifestation process. Uh, when we write something down and like you said, not only write it down, but then, you know, follow through with it and, 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 make it 
we're making it a real thing by putting it on paper. And so I think that is a fantastic uh, piece of advice for going through this Virgo energy, because I think there's going to be a lot on our minds. There's going to be a lot on our plates. Um, and it would be good to get it all organized uh, so that we can take action during this fortuitous period to do so. <laughs> so, all right, Verge. Well, I think we did a great job of putting together Virgo season here. So now, you know, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Um, I am on Instagram at Verge the Astrologer. I also have a website, and that is vergetheastrologer.strikingly.net. Um, I teach astrology courses as well, just kind of an introductory standard astrology course to get the you know basic ins and outs of the natal chart. Um, so if you would like to inquire about those classes or reading with me, you can also email me at vergetheastrologer at gmail. All right. Perfect. And of course, I will have all that information on my blog as well so that you can reach out to Verge. And so you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com. Uh, and you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. Um, and of course, you know, both Verge and I, myself, we do consultation. So if you are looking to get your birth chart looked at or see what's coming up for you or even how this Virgo season is going to impact you, you know, both of us are here for that. Um, and of course, you know, I'm going to plug my new Patreon things going on. And so I just released uh, last week my new show, Astro Storytime. Um, and I think that it turned out pretty well for my first go. I was very excited. So if you want to find out more about that, uh, it is a $6 per month tier. And you can sign up to get Astro Storytime. And if you want show notes to my forecast for this podcast, that is available too. Uh, now, I know people need to hear about Virgo season because it's going to be very useful <laughs> moving forward. So share this podcast with a friend because you know sharing is caring. And if you feel so inclined to leave a nice review wherever you listen to this, it's going to help myself and Verge both be seen on a wider view so we can get uh, our our views on astrology out there into the world. Um, so, all right, Verd, you know, it's, it's a, such a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad you were able to join me again, and I hope you will join me again in the future. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Likewise. I love some Capricorn energy all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, hopefully you'll have a fabulous Virgo season. Uh, I do wish you all well. And thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm -hmm.